Good morning, North Point. I hope everyone's had a good week. We, uh, we don't have a lot of announcements, but I, I did want to tell you that starting tomorrow, we're going to do a, a remodel here uh, at the church building. We're going to start in the foyer and the halls and the coffee shops, just so you guys will know. And that's going to be going on for several weeks. We thought it was a, a good time to do this with not too many people in the, in the building. Um, I want to lift my mother-in-law, Chris Painter, up to you, uh, uh, to the Lord in prayer. Uh, this morning, uh, I want to lift the, the family of, of William McConnell uh, down in Carville. He was uh, killed by the storm this week. I want to pray for him. I don't have any other prayer requests. If you want to uh, shoot them to me sometime this week, I'd be, be glad to have them. But, but uh, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the rain that's coming down. And Lord, we invite you here and invite you into, into our folks' homes. And Lord, I, I pray today that there would be something sung or said that prompts someone to experience your love. So Lord, today, it belongs to you. And whatever we do is to honor you. We love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Didn't the, didn't the band sound great? Um, I don't know if, it, if I'm, I think I'm more nervous in, in front of this camera than I am all of y'all when y'all are here. And so it's, it's a little different. And uh, today we're still in Rethinking Your Life. The title of this lesson is, is Changing the Way You, you Think About about love before we get started i'm going to ask you to as we listen to today's lesson i would ask that you look in your look inside yourself and not how others your spouse or your, your boyfriend or girlfriend what they do but what you do and how this can can affect you um, I got a lot of this teaching from a, a fellow named uh, Steve Arburn, and he made up uh, four words or four completely made up words that, that we're going to talk about today. I want to start off by reading Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Today we're going to talk about rethinking love and, 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 and managing our heart. It's important that we talk about love because I'm going to tell you guys, love ain't all rainbows and hearts and stars. Love is, is hard sometimes. And, and, and some folks are in a, in a marriage and they, they think it's hard labor. It reminds me of a story I heard of a couple. They were having a glass of wine and, and she says, I love you. And he says, is that you talking or is that the wine talking? She said, no, that was me talking to the wine. It's hard to tell a joke and three people laugh. 
<laughs> Love's hard, okay? But we're brought into this world with, 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 with a great labor of love. Love hurts sometimes. So we're going to talk a little today about some painful stuff. We're going to talk about romance, how God uses romance to get us together. I mean, male, we were talking about this this morning. Males and females are so different. And God had to use something, so he, he chose romance. Romance makes us crazy. That's why there's so many dating sites uh, that, are, that are going on like crazy. Now, they're just growing and growing and growing. I do have one piece of advice concerning dating sites for you guys. If you see someone's picture, please ask them to send you a second picture holding up today's date on a newspaper. It could save a lot of disappointment and a lot of heartache. I want to talk to you today about rethinking love, managing your heart. And these are the four words. This is the first word that uh, Arterberg made up. Number one, if you're filling in your outlines, write in Lordular. 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 Love must be directed toward God and provided to others in forms that resemble God. The number one thing that we have to learn is how to love and to experience God's love. And that it must be all about God. I love the story sometimes where the, the Pharisees are trying to, to trick Jesus. And I just want to say, idiot, this Jesus is divine, but... They were trying to trick him. And they asked him what were the greatest commands. And he said this in Matthew 22. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He said, love God with everything. Everything that you have. You and me, we got to get that right. Or everything else is wrong. We got to get that right. Or everything else is wrong. And, and I think it's just amazing that the God of the universe wants to love us. He wants to love us. And he wants us to love him. To me, that's phenomenal. That he allows his heart to be emotionally identified with ours. The creator of the universe. He doesn't need anything, but he wants our love. He wants it. And he's coming after it. I was reminded of a, of a father's love yesterday. We had, a, we had a, a baptism with less than 10 people here. And Aaliyah Higgins was baptized, and her little nephew Ridge came. Now, he hadn't seen his, parent, his grandparents because everybody's been quarantined. And man, when he walked in that door, the light on the face of his grandparents lit up. I, I've never seen anything like it. But then I remembered it happened to me Thursday. We're practicing quarantine in our house. 
So I haven't seen Sarah in a few days. And she asked me to bring her something by. On my way home from work. I did, and I said, I'll leave it on the, on the, on the porch. As I got to my truck, I heard her holler, Daddy. She's 26, but she's still my baby. And I turned around, and I felt that. That, that, that this melted in my heart that I got to see my daughter. And, and that's kind of the way everything is. God loves us. God loves humans, you and me. It's unconditional. But I want to know, I want to tell you, if you haven't felt, if you haven't experienced God's love, there is hope. There is hope. And I hope before this, this morning is over that you experience it, that God loves you. 1 John 4, 16, 19 says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. To really get this, we got to see that God is love. Guys, you and me, we're not loving because it's a good idea. We're loving because God is the creator of your soul, and God is love. And guys, I want to tell you, when we love right, it don't get no better. But we have to experience the love of God so that we can filter our decisions through there, through his love for us. Well, what does it need? What, what needs to be done? To fix this, this love problem with God. Because here's one thing I know. Rules without relationships ain't much. They just ain't much. It's not about performance. It's not about doing the right thing or, or the wrong thing. It's not about that. Because we often choose the wrong thing. But somewhere around, I can tell you from personal experience, Somewhere around 1988, 1989, I'd met Angie, and it changed for me. As I began to going to church, some men at a Darisville Baptist church came into my life. Paxton Hamby, David Hawkins, just to name a few. They came into my life. And I began to experience the fullness of God's love. The fear that I had inside of me began to diminish. Because love casts out all fear. Love expels fear. So if you're afraid, I want to tell you this morning, if you're afraid, maybe your love relationship with God needs some work. It needs some work. It can be repaired if you are willing to do what God suggests we do.
Let me give you the second made-up word. I love this word. Other word. Other word. Love is not self-centered. Love is not self-centered. Other word. If it's self-centered, it's not love. It's just not love. If you have a Christian marriage, I've heard somebody say we have a Christian marriage. So if Christ is in that marriage, and if Christ is in that marriage, there's going to be loving things that you do for that other person. Matthew 22, 39 says, this is his second one, a part of that, that answer. A second is equally important. That means it's the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Here's what I know. Satan doesn't want you to worship God. Satan doesn't want you to love God. And here's what I found out recently. He doesn't even want you to worship Satan. Satan wants you to worship yourself. Satan wants you to worship yourself. And he certainly doesn't want you to worship your neighbor. Satan wants you to have conflict with your neighbor, especially if your neighbor we're talking about is your spouse. If you're truly going to live a life that God wants us to live, we're to be loving. We're to be loving. And here's the thing. You either are loving or you ain't. You can't be mean and say, I have the Spirit of the Lord in me. Let me say that again because I've got tongue tied. You can't be mean and say, I have the Spirit of the Lord inside of me. Amen? It can't happen. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We're either serving someone or we're not. We're either doing this out of love or we're not. Romans 13, 8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. You are not fulfilling the requirements of God's law if you're not loving even the very person that you're married to. We need to be loving. Now, if you're married, it requires work. It requires to be otherward in your marriage. Someone once told me a marriage, I also performed a wedding yesterday. And as I filled out the, uh, Greg Huff and, and Misty Smith were married, and as I filled out the, the marriage certificate, I remembered what they said. A marriage license is like a work permit. And that could be funny, but a marriage takes work. A marriage, you got to get to work. And marriage sometimes gets a bad rap because we're not doing everything that, that we could possibly do to be otherward. Otherward. Now, being otherward doesn't mean we fix the other person. Amen? That doesn't mean we fix the other person. We fix me. You fix you. That's who we fix. We do for the other person. You know, if you've got two people who are otherward, say 
other word with me. Other word. I hope you said it. <laughs> if you got two people that are other words, you could have a pretty decent marriage. You really could. Full of love. The third made up word is this. I like this one too. Volitionful. Volitionful. Full of willful acts of choosing to act in the best interest of another. Choosing to act in the best interest of another. It's easy to say you love. That's just talking a good game. You've heard parents say, I die for my children. I die for my kids. That's probably not going to happen in this day and age. That you have to die for. But here's my question to you. I want you really looking at me here. You may die for them, and I'll give you that. But would you live for them? Would you live for them? Would you put down the alcohol? Would you put down the pornography? Would you quit the affair? Would you be at home instead of at your hobby? Would you be present? Would you live for your kids? That's volitionful. Volitionful is when your life becomes full of things that your kids can point to that show that you're a person that really loves them. You really love them. John 14, 24 says, Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. You and me, volitionful, we love God with willful acts of obedience. Willful acts of obedience. 1 John 3, 17, 18, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that, that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. If we're not going to show it in some way, then what's it worth? What's it worth? Does it have any meaning? I'm going to tell you something, guys. What's it worth? I was telling the guys when, 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 when I married Angie, I realized pretty quick that we had a communication problem. Me, and probably like most guys, I just want the headline and, and the bottom line. I don't want the details. To me, the devil is in the details. So just, just give me the facts. My wife's a little different. She communicates differently. With her, there's this prelude. This, this, this kind of, kind of buildup, and this, and then there's a, a crescendo into this expressive moment that just builds up, and 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 it just keeps going, and then there's the the ending that slowly makes it down to the resolution. It's called the postlude. <laughs> but I have ADD. Had it all my life, I reckon. I get lost somewhere right before the crescendo. And I'm asleep by the postlude. 
but my wife wants to be listened to. So what I've learned is don't roll my eyes and don't blow and don't give her this sign if you can see me. <laughs> Took me 31 years and I still don't always do it. Here's what you got to do. You got to look at her in the eyes. When she's saying all this, when she's communicating, you got to look in her eyes. And you got to make some facial expressions, and I hope you can see my face. Yeah. You're right. I get that. But here's, guys, I want to give you some advice. Don't try to defend. Don't try to explain. When you think she's finished, ask this question. Is there any more? Is that it? I know that's a dangerous question. But for the biggest part, I found out my wife just needs to get it off her chest. And if I let her get it off her chest, I'm off the hook. I'm off the hook. You try to explain it. Here's what women are thinking. Idiot. Don't try to explain it. Just quit it. Just listen to her. You'll appreciate me and thank me later. We have to be volitional. To make a decision. We got to make a decision and choose to love. We have to make a commitment. This is a scary word for a lot of folks in this day. A commitment to be loving. Now, Let's just say you've hurt someone. What, will, what do you do? A lot of times I talk to men, especially men that, that have hurt their wives, had an affair, or done, done whatever, and, and, and they tell me, well, I'm doing a quiet time. Doing a quiet time, and I'm, I'm involved in a, in, in a Bible study. And I say, is that it? Is that it? You just, you just killed this woman and, and, and zapped her down with an affair and, and you think it's going to all go away with a 15 minute quiet time in the morning they're good they're good Bible studies are good but I'm talking about choosing to love I'm talking about committing to love and to act in the best interest of one another to be volitionful so you need to you need to get yourself to a celebrate recovery meeting or you need to go get some help somewhere, show your spouse that you messed up and you'll do whatever it takes. Amen? You need to do something. Don't just keep trying to keep what you've done a secret. Be willing to do anything to, to, to be worthy of his or her trust again. Do anything. It takes action. Don't just do the easy stuff. Tackle the difficult stuff. Do what you can to change. I'm going to tell you something about love that I learned from the Bible. Love encourages. Love serves. Love leads. Love gets help. Love doesn't criticize. Love doesn't blame. Love doesn't shame. Love doesn't hate. Love doesn't hit. Love doesn't ignore. Love doesn't deceive. You're either loving or you're not. You can't fake it. 
You are either saying or doing loving things or you're not. You can't say that you're experiencing God's love and living the way that God wants you to live and that and you're mean to the people who live with you. I'm going to say that one more time because it's important. You can't say that you're experiencing God's love and living the way that God wants you to live and be mean to the people that live with you. Amen? You can't do it. There is a reason that you're mean, and you need to find out what it is. You need to find out where that meanness comes from. Get some counsel. Do something. But you need to find out where it comes from. Because God is a God of love. And he is absolutely crazy about you. And he wants you to be crazy about the other people that he's created. It's fourth made up word. I like this one too. I may incorporate this one. Everythingical. Everythingical. Love is the greatest of all acts. And the highest of all attainments. I'm going to tell you something, guys. If you miss love, you miss everything. You miss everything. It doesn't matter. Let me get this fixed. It doesn't matter. If you don't. If you get everything else. It don't matter. Let me say, let me repeat. It doesn't matter if you achieve the highest office in the land and you've got the greatest of everything and you haven't experienced God's love. You've missed everything. You've missed everything. And, 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 and wanting to share that with other people, wanting to love them. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says, I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. I would have gained nothing. Nothing. You could give everything away. But if there isn't love in your heart, you got nothing. You could speak with unknown tongues. If you don't have love in your heart, you got nothing. You got nothing. You could be the greatest orator on the planet. But if you've got love, you've got nothing. You could be the greatest singer on the planet. Without love, you've got nothing. Nothing. You might as well keep it. It's worth nothing. Miss love, miss everything. And guys, love is worth every bit of effort that it takes to become a person that, 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 that knows uh, and has an experience with God's love. It takes 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Here's what I found out. Lots, maybe most folks don't reject uh, 
don't really reject Jesus Christ. They reject some of us that follow Christ because they don't see the love. And if the love's not there, guys, I want to tell you, we can do something about it. We can do it with unexpected act of love. You know, think about them and, 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 and not you. Think about them. You know, what is it that you could do to surprise someone that would be such an affirming act of love that they would never question that you loved them, that you loved them. And it may be uncharacteristic. A couple of times, I don't know why I've just done it a couple of times. I'm an idiot. My wife loves notes. She loves handwritten notes. And, and I wrote her a note one morning and said, Angie, I love you. Big Daddy. No, I didn't write Big Daddy. I just, I just wrote, Angie, I love you. And I put it on her. She's going to kill me. I put it on her speedometer, and I left. Well, my wife went and got in her car that morning. She saw that note. I was the man for a week. Why don't I do that more often? I'm an idiot. I need to. I need to work on things uh, like that. But unexpected acts of love. What is it you could do? You could do. We're not talking about what others do for you. What can you do to show someone that you love them? And it's so affirming that it just says, I love you. Romans 8, one of my favorite verses of all time. We're, we're wrapping up. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to tell you something, guys. If you don't hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. You don't have the power to get God to stop loving you. You don't have that power. You can't get him to stop loving you. Nothing you can do. Nothing that you can do to stop God's love. He loves you. Nothing will end this love for you. And I want to tell you, you can experience God's love. If you're not experiencing God's love, I want to give you uh, about three things real quick if, if the band wants to come on up. But I, I want to tell you, number one, feed the heart. Feed the heart. Feed the heart. You, you know, feed it with his truth. Spend some time with God. You know, find, find a loving, healing community like Celebrate Recovery. Find that where you're going to be loved. You're not going to be judged. You know, get in a small group. Now we're in Zoom, I think it's called. Our small groups are. I want to tell you, I don't care what you've done. You're not a second-class citizen in God's kingdom. You ain't got to walk around with all that shame. There's no need to feel left out. The second thing is this. Free your heart. Free your heart. Free from shame. 
and, and, be, and, and, and be free from self-destructive habits. Get help. Whatever it takes, get help. The third thing is this. I want you to, 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 to focus your heart. Focus on obeying God. Focus on being generous. Focus on being compassionate to those you love and that love you. I guess there's fourth thing. Find a way to be kind and gentle. Those made up words by Arburn. I don't know if you noticed this or not. They're really an acronym for love. Awareness of love is, is not enough, though. If you leave here, leave your wherever you're at, in your living room, or your, some of you guys are probably watching it from bed. If you leave from there and you don't have a desire to be more loving, then you must be willing to do more, to do more, to experience God's love, to uh, living the way that God wants you to. What I mean by that is you got to be willing to say no to some things that other people think is just fine. you got to get rid of the stuff that is destroying the love. you got to be willing to say yes to some things that other people think not that important. If you're willing to give up something and add some things and truly manage your heart and rethink love, I want to tell you, God's love will infiltrate your heart and, and saturate your life. And peace will come upon you. Rethink your life. Rethink your love. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, right now, I just pray for the song these guys are going to sing. I pray that it will saturate the people that are watching at home. And I pray that the words of your, your Bible have piqued some curiosity said, how can I love better? How can I experience the love of God? And I pray that today it'll change the way they think about love. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.